You got your Bibles with you? Go ahead and open your Bible, if you would, to 1 Timothy this morning and chapter number 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, choir, for that beautiful song. I appreciate that. Stirring, stirring my heart up. And, uh, of course, our music team did a great job this morning. 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Now, you know, Paul is writing uh, here to uh, Timothy. His, he calls him his son in the faith. And what he does in chapter number 3 of our text is he's given to Timothy uh, some instruction on the New Testament church, the local church. And uh, in verses 1 through 7, uh, he begins to give instruction on, really, it's guidelines or qualifications for the pastorate. So he's giving instruction for church leaders in chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And these are some of the qualifications that God has ordained for those men who he would call to lead a New Testament church congregation. And the requirements are pretty severe. He then moves on in chapter 3 and verse number 8, and he begins to give instruction to deacons. You know, so the leadership of a New Testament church are... Uh, pastors and deacons. That's just the way God's laid it out. And here he gives the uh, requirements, the qualifications for men who would serve in those two ministries, whether he's a pastor, and every church has a pastor, just one pastor, because anything with two heads is a monster. Isn't that right? And, uh, and then deacons, men who will serve alongside the pastor to meet the uh, needs of any uh, growing congregation. And we thank the Lord that here at Open Bible we have, we have a pastor. We do have a system pastor, uh, but one pastor, and we have several uh, deacons who help to meet the needs of our growing congregation here at Open Bible. But then Paul does something other. He jumps in verse number 15 and begins to speak to the church. You know, and so we'll begin to see that uh, this morning. Hey, guys, my monitors are out. Uh, are you aware of that? My monitors are out, so I can't see anything. Uh, we'll begin to look at that this morning. Now, I want you to look at the screen and look at this word, uh, if you would. Go ahead and flip it. Look at that word perspective. Perspective. Uh, you, you've heard that many times. We often speak about perspective, right? And simply put, perspective is just this. It's, just, just, it's, it's the way that you and I, it's the way we view things right? It's our view of things on, uh, on anything. Uh, maybe you've been asked this question before. I'm sure you have. So what's, what's your perspective on that subject? You know, uh, what, what, what's your view on that? You ever been asked that question? Huh? What? They, may even, they, they may even throw this word in. So what's your opinion? Right? How many of us have an opinion? Come on. There was, I couldn't believe there were some people didn't put your hand up. Sure you do. We all have an opinion. It doesn't matter. You know, it's just our two cents. Right? And by the way, for some of us, that's all we have left is two cents. We've given so much of it away through the years, that's all we have left. You know? So what's your, what's your opinion? We've been asked that question. What's your perspective? Uh, what's your view on this subject? Right? You've been asked that. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this this morning. Uh, what's your perspective on the church? What's your perspective on the church? Uh, what, is your, uh, what is your view? Uh, how do you view the church? What's your view of the church? Think about that for a second. And then let me follow it up with this. Um, how did you develop that perspective? Right? So what's your, what's your view of the New Testament church? Uh, what's your view of the church? What's your opinion on the church? And then what caused you to develop such a view of the church? How many of us would say, I have an opinion about the church? 
I have a view on the, I have a perspective. If somebody comes up to me in society or at work or wherever I may be, and they ask me something about the church, I have, I have a perspective on it, right? The church and then my church, correct? Uh, but, but how did you develop that perspective? How did, you, how did you come upon that opinion or that viewpoint? That would be my question for us today. And so over the next couple of weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to study the New Testament church. We're going to look, take a look at our church as well over the next couple of weeks, the church. You know, our, our theme for 2024, if you remember, is hometown focus. Hometown focus, right? And that means this. We're going to spend, we're going to spend some time and place an emphasis upon our family, our families. We talked about our families for the last two or three weeks. And then our church, and we're going to talk about the church for the next week or two. And then we're going to move over to our community and what God would have us to do right here in our community, in Gloucester County, in Camden County, in the state of New Jersey, and then surrounding areas, wherever we can touch. You know, wherever we can touch, uh, we need to make sure we touch. Correct? But I want to start today with the church. And what I like to do is this. Over the next couple of weeks, I want us to understand. Now, pay attention here. I want us to understand the passion that Jesus had or has for the church. You know, when you read through the New Testament, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter number 20, in verse number 20, that he gave his blood, Jesus gave his blood for the church. So I want us to understand the passion that Jesus has for the church. And then I want us, I want us to discuss the attitude of society toward the church. And when I say discuss, let me clarify that. I'm just going to share with you what I, what I found uh, as far as the attitude of society when it comes to the church. And then I want us to do this. I want us to strengthen our belief and our conviction on the church. Amen? And so that's what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. But I want to begin with verse number 15 this morning. Look at the Bible, chapter 3, 1 Timothy, and verse 15. And, and here's what Paul says. He says, but if I tarry long, Paul is speaking to Timothy. If I tarry long, he says, I'm writing so that you might know how to, what? Behave yourself, how thou ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, somebody say, wow. Somebody say it again, wow. That's a pretty, that's a pretty powerful verse of Scripture. Uh, excuse me if I take my, my, my jacket off here, getting a bit warm. That's a powerful verse of Scripture. And I want you to notice three, I want you to notice three clear statements that Paul makes in that uh, verse about the church. I want you to notice this, and I'm going to summarize for him. The very first thing he says this about the church is this. It's the house of God. Did you say it? It's the house of God. All right, so let's just play with that just for a moment. Uh, you talk about a house, people live in a house. And mostly families live in a house. And sometimes, you know, we adopt people into our families. Nonetheless, you know, Paul was saying to Timothy, the church is the house or the people of God. Are you with me? And then he says this in that same verse of Scripture. He talks about the church as being the body of Christ, a house of God, the church of the living God. And that equates to the body of Christ. We'll talk about that in just a moment, I promise. And then finally, he says it's the pillar and ground of the truth, or the church, the New Testament church, is the foundation of the truth, right? When you go to church, when you go to church, you ought to be in a place where you know you're going to be presented, you're going to focus in upon the truth. 
correct? It's not about what I think or you think or we think. It's not about, you know, what's most popular in society. No, we come to church, and when we come to church, we want to hear the truth. I received a text message this past week from a fellow who I often spend some time with, and he said he ran into another person uh, and um, was asking about open Bible. And here's the question the person asked the person who was texting me. He said, do they preach the truth there? Do they preach the word there? He said, I'm tired of going to uh, churches where all you hear is fluff. He said, I want to go to a place where they preach the Word. And, and the person said, well, I know the pastor, and uh, they preach the Word. Amen. They preach the Word. Amen? And so uh, the church is, it's the house of God, right? It's the house of God. It is, it is the body of Christ, and it's the foundation of truth. Look, at, look here. We get to handle the truth right? We get to handle the truth. I think that's fascinating. So I want to build over the next couple of weeks, I want to build on those truths in this mini-series on the church. Hometown focus, the church. And that's where we'll spend our time. Okay? So here's a question for you. Flip the sign. Uh, What makes the church the church? Say that with me. What makes the church the church? And I want you to say this on the count of three. On the count of three, I want you to say, and everybody's got to say it together, I do. What makes the church the church? One, two, three. I do. I do. I do. What makes the church the church is you and I, right? Because the church is an assembly of born-again believers. So let's discuss that for a moment. Are you with me? Yeah? You feel comfortable? Everybody good? Can you stretch out a little bit? Even if the person's close to you, go ahead and stretch your elbows a little bit. Wake them up. I want, you to, I want you to take this in this morning because this message is foundational for next week, okay? So let's talk about this. What is the church? What is the church? And, and I want you to listen to me just for a little bit uh, as I ramble on, okay? Uh, I'm going to ramble for a little bit. Um, I think you might enjoy it. You may not. Just don't go. To, if you fall asleep, just don't snore because that becomes a problem. Uh, listen to this. And I'll clarify it. A growing, number, a growing number of Christians have the idea that church is simply the plural of Christian. Now, I'm going to say it again. I got, got you calm down now. You got real quiet. Now, think about this because this is, this is important. For many Christians, they have this idea that when they hear the word church or think about church, their perspective, their view of the church is this. Church is simply plural of Christian. And what that means is this. They kind of feel that, that any group of Christians meeting at any time or any place is a church. I'll say it again. They think that um, any Christians, a couple of Christians, any Christians, a group of Christians meeting any time, any place is a church. For example, um, if you invite a few friends over to your house on a Friday night, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, or whatever night, and have a little Bible study, right, they would say, that's a church. But is it a church? Um, you get together with a couple of friends at, uh, at a coffee shop, your favorite coffee shop. And, or maybe you get together with a couple of people at lunchtime at work for a little fellowship, a couple of Christians, maybe two or three Christians get together. 
and, and you have some prayer. Maybe you're praying for uh, some people. Uh, is that a church? Is that, is that a church? You see, uh, that, takes us back, that takes us back to this. It takes us back to perspective, right? And there is a perspective out there in society amongst so-called believers when it comes to church that any group of people meeting anywhere at any time is a church. And they'll take Bible verses out of context, like wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst. I believe that. I believe that, you know, two, three get together and Jesus is right there. By the way, when I get together with myself, Jesus is there. Huh? When split personality meets, I'm there. Jesus is there. But that doesn't constitute a church. doesn't make it a church. Um, look here. Perspective is important, but listen to this statement right here. How we, how we uh, got to our perspective is equally important. Or in other words, uh, what is our point of reference, right? So when somebody comes along and they say this, they, and I'll just stick to this point, when they say, we believe a church is any group of Christians meeting anywhere at any time in the name of Jesus, how did they come upon that perspective? What is their point of reference? Oh, uh, you missed that. Huh? Whenever you, if I were to say to you, so, uh, Donald, talk, talk to me a little bit about, um, what, what do you think about um, the NBA? What do you think about the NFL? What do you think about the church? And Donald begins to give me his viewpoint. I would say, so what is your point of reference? Well, everybody in the NBA, they don't, well, what is your point of reference? Where did you read that? Where did you hear that? Where did you learn that? How did you come upon that? That's eh, just what I think. And we could all say that about certain things. And that, right? Look here, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think Wawa's got the best coffee in the area. I said it. Huh? Are you with me? Now, how did I come upon that? Because I read a report that said among... No, I didn't. No, it's just my opinion. Just what I think. My wife hates Wawa coffee. That's why I go there, because I only have to buy one cup. Right? So, what is your point of reference? We all have an opinion. We all have a perspective. What is your point of reference? Now, listen to this, and we'll turn the corner. When it comes to spiritual things, our point of reference must be the Scripture. Are you with me? So, there's, there's out in society, there's a group of people who say, hey, believers, uh, man, whenever a bunch of Christians meet together in the name of Jesus for pr prayer, Bible study, or for fellowship, that's a church. What's your point of reference? How did you come upon that perspective? Because when it comes to spiritual things, it can't be arbitrary. It can't be, well, this is what I think or this is what I believe. No, what you think or believe doesn't really make a difference or matter because what matters is the truth of God. So when it comes to spiritual things, right, our perspective must come from this point of reference, the book. Are you with me? The Bible. Uh, let, me share, let me share some facts and statistics with you. I didn't do this when we were talking about the family. And this is not to be negative. It's just to be factual. And these are current statistics. Think about this. 76% uh, of Americans claim to be Christian. 
Let me put that in perspective. Uh, you know what our population is here in America? Over 300 million. If 76% of 300 million claim to be Christian, by the way, that's, that's a lot of people. Uh, I think that comes to 225 million people, right? So, in America, let's just say it's 300, it's over 300 million, but 76% claim to be professed Christians. That means 225 million people in America claim to be Christian. Somebody say, wow. Listen to this. Of that number, of the 225 million that claim to be Christian, 52, uh, 52 million gather for worship on any given weekend. Now, did you get that? 225 million say, we're Christians, but only 52 million gather for worship on any given weekend. My question is, where's the other 175 million people? Why are they gathering for worship? Hello? If they name the name of Christ, why aren't they gathering on Sunday or sometime for worship? And I think if we can do this, now pay attention here, if we could survey the non-attenders, are you with me? I promise you I'm just laying a foundation. It's going to get good. Or as one of my members used to say, it's getting gooder and gooder. It's going to get gooder. If you could survey the non-attenders, you would find commonality in their reasons as to why they don't attend worship. Uh, and I can't give you all of the reasons, but can I give you just some of the popular ones? So, 225 million Americans claim to be Christian, Right? Only 52 million Americans attend worship. And if you were to ask the other, you know, 173 million people as to why they don't, you would find commonality in the answer. Uh, for example, and I didn't survey anybody, this is just the survey. The survey says, here's the answers. Uh, some would only have a faint connection with Christianity. Meaning this, maybe they're claiming to be Christians because they were baptized as an infant. Or christened, as they would call it as Catholics. By the way, there's a vast difference between being baptized and being christened. That's another story in and of itself. Uh, that same group would believe the gospel, but really not have a connection to the gospel. You know what that means? I know exactly what that means because I was coming up, I was christened as a baby into a church. I, I heard and knew and really believed the gospel but had no connection. What's the gospel? The gospel's a message. It's the message of the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. I heard that from the time I can remember and had no problem with it. I never doubted it. I just had no connection with it until I got saved. And so maybe some of the 173 million, Tony, that don't attend uh, worship or church or really have any aggression toward Christianity is because they only have a faint connection. You know, we would say they're nominal, and that means in name only. Are you with me? Uh, others, some others would say this. Uh, I believe, and I served, but I got burned. 
I got burned. I went to church, and listen to this statement. You've heard this before. I got turned off. I got turned off. Whenever somebody's ever said that to me, you know what my question back to them is? Here's what I ask them, Donald. So what turned you off? And I guarantee you, most of the time, it was a person in the church. Could have been the pastor. It could have been his message. It could have been his preaching. Could have been his personality. It, it, it's never the pastor's wife. It could have been the associate pastor. It could have been a church member. Listen, I've been to many uh, people's homes who have visited, visited for a length of time, went by and said, hey, I miss you. Haven't been out for a while. Where have you been? And they'll say, ah, pastor, I'd rather not say. And I'd say, please say, because the only way I could ever fix it is if you say. And they'll tell me they sat next to a person, and the person they sat next to uh, just tried to tell them exactly what they needed to do. Well, we don't say that here. We don't dress like that here. We don't read that kind of Bible here. We don't do this here. You don't do this. And that person said, well, man, I, I, this is probably not the place for me. Hello? Many people have been turned off by the people they sat next to in the room. Hello? <laughs> you get real quiet when I talk like that. Right? Uh, I often like to ask this question, is this, so what really turned you on? If it was our building, if it was the air conditioning, if it was, you know, our beautiful signage, our music, what was it that turned you on? What was it that got you to come to church? Because if it was Jesus that got you to come to church, it ought to be only Jesus who can get you out of church. Hello? Um, but that's not the way it is most of the time. Right? But if you do a survey, guaranteed, if you were, by the way, Jason, isn't there websites right now where you can go to where you can read about uh, some folks who used to go to church who no longer go to church, and they no longer go to church because they got hurt by church. Now they've got a forum. They have a website where now you can go and you can spout and spew all of your hurt and criticize everybody and everything. In fact, there's one called, what's it called? A Fundamentalist Anonymous or something like that? And there's one, there's one IVF, you know, there's one about the Independent Baptist because we've hurt so many people. And by the way, by the way, by the way, we have through the years. We have hurt people in churches like this. Because we majored on the minors. We forgot about people and made it about buildings or programs or rules or regulations. Hello? And we ran people off because they didn't fit into our little... Thank the Lord we're not like that anymore. Amen? Glad we're not like that anymore. And then, and then I think this. Some would say this, and this is the most recent, and this is most popular right now. Why they don't attend church. And I hate to even say it, but I must. They say this, the church is damaging to your spiritual health. And they'll say, church is toxic. Yeah. Look here, I live and breathe. I know what's going on out there. Yeah. I don't buy into it, but I need to know what's going on, Tony. I'm a leader of one of these things. And there's a, there's a group of individuals, by the way, not too far from here, who would believe the church is toxic and it's damaging to your spiritual health. And it, and, it, and it comes back to, now pay attention now, it comes back to that beginning statement of the message. So how did you come upon that perspective? How did you develop that point of view? 
Are you with me? Because when it comes to spiritual things, our point of view must be developed from the Word of God. Right? And so that would lead me to say, what does the Bible say about the church? We, we just found out a little bit about what society, and by the way, I can go on and on and on and on with what society is saying about the church and some who used to come to church, some who are, who are saved. But their attitude toward the church, their perspective toward the church is vastly, it's just changed. And some because they got hurt, but they didn't deal with that hurt properly. They got bitter about it and took it out on the church. Their perspective about church, all wrong. They were going for the wrong reasons. So what does the Bible say? about the church. Now listen to this statement, please. Am I wearing you out? Are you okay? Listen to this statement. Whatever Jesus says about the church is what I want to believe. Right? Next week or maybe the week after that or sometime, I'm going to talk a little bit about what the church really is and how we make it something God never meant it to be. And that's why you get disappointed. Because you come to church and you got faulty expectations. Huh? Oh, church doesn't meet my needs. I did a little Bible study the other day, personal Bible study on selfishness. <laughs> you know? And I'll tell you what, some, the, the number one toxic ingredient to relationships is selfishness. Right? You can't have a relationship with somebody who's selfish. And that goes for church. Why do you go to church? Why do you attend church? Right? I want to believe about church. I want my perspective about church to be, to be uh, the point of, I want it to be what Jesus says about it. Amen. Are you with me? And I think this, when you look at the New Testament, now pay attention here, when you look at the New Testament, there's only, Jesus only mentions church two times in the whole New Testament. And he only really talks in the Gospels. Right? So only two times in the Gospels do you find Je the word church coming from the lips of Jesus. The first time, flip the screen if you would, the first time is in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 18, where Jesus said, I will build my church. Do you see that? That's the very first time the word church came from the lips of Jesus. He said to Peter, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Right? I will build my church. The second time, the second reference is in Matthew chapter 18. Go ahead and flip the screen. And here Jesus is giving instruction on how to deal with conflict in the church. When one member has mm, conflict with another member, what shall we do? Verse 15 and 16, he gives instruction. And then verse 17, he says this, if he shall neglect to hear them, the one-on-one -on -one confrontation, tell it to the, tell it to the church. Right? If they neglect to hear the church, they're in trouble, <laughs> right? Now, I'm not going to concentrate on that. What I'm going to concentrate is on this. The very two times that Jesus speaks about the church, the first time, go back, he calls it my church. My church. You see that? My church. Pay attention right here. That is a reference to the body of Christ. My church. That is a general reference to everyone who has been born again during what we call the church age. Are you with me? Huh? Uh, that means uh, people that will get saved tomorrow, people that got saved yesterday, people down in Australia or up in Canada, when they get saved, they become a member of his body. There's a faulty 
use of terms that you may have heard called the universal church. There's no such thing as a universal church. No such thing. What there is, however, is the body of Christ, where every person who accepts Christ as their personal Savior becomes a member of this body. The Bible says in, um, listen to this, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, in verse number 13 and 14, it says, for, one by, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Listen to this, for the body is not one member but many. Amen. Are you with me? So, Jesus speaking... I'm talking about the perspective on the church. Jesus speaking, he says, I will build my church. And what he's he's talking about there is his body. Every person who has gotten saved during the church age, and the church age began when the church began in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, and will end at the rapture, which will be right around 1215 today. (laughs) Right after I eat lunch. Now, I'm teasing. I want to go up on a full stomach. How about you? Right? The body of Christ. But then he said this. Look at this text again. Go back to the next one, Matthew 18. He talks about the church. Let him tell the church. Now, pay attention here. If Jesus is saying the way you correct the problems in the church is to go to the brother, if the brother won't respond, then take somebody else and go to the brother. And if the brother won't respond to those two people, then bring it to the church or bring it to the leadership of the church. I don't think he's talking about the whole body of Christ. I don't think we need to get people on the phone down in Australia or up in Canada, or in Africa, or Asia. It's hard enough getting people over in Camden, or in Philly, right? No, what he's saying is this, tell it to the local assembly of belief. Tell it to the leadership of that individual church. So what is he saying? He's saying this. He's saying the church is made up of a a, a, body of Christ, which is every individual believer, whoever names the name of Christ, But then the local church is made up of those who are called out in that local assembly. They have an address, a geographical location. They have a pastor and some deacons. They meet at a certain time. Are you with me? On purpose and with purpose. And I'm going to talk about that before we close. Do you get that? In fact, uh, Paul said this in Galatians chapter 1. Listen to this, verse number 2. He's greeting the churches, and he says, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Right? So, I want to develop a biblical perspective about the church. Are you with me? And in order to do that, I must know what Jesus said about the church. And Jesus calls the church this body of believers, everybody who's been born again who then begins to meet in these local assemblies just like this one, right? On purpose, with a purpose. So, the Bible perspective, go ahead and stay with me. The Bible perspective of a New Testament church is this. It's a local community of believers. It's a called-out assembly of those who believe in Christ and are now following Christ. Right? That's what a church is. And that church meets on purpose. And here's the purpose for our gathering. Now pay attention to this, and I'm finished. Our purpose for gathering is first and foremost, we gather to worship. Amen. Don't miss this. 
We go to church, we gather in this local assembly on purpose, and, and the number one purpose is to worship him. You mean to tell me we don't come to church to meet a spouse? It's a good place to meet a spouse if you're looking for one. Amen? Huh? We talked a little bit about that on Wednesday night in the book of Ruth. You know? Um, great place to meet a spouse because, you know, you're probably going to find somebody who believes like you believe, who's desiring to have accomplished the same thing. So, but you don't go to church for that reason. Hello? If that's the only reason you're going to church, you're probably going to get disappointed. Because there's a lot of duds that go to church too. <laughs> gather for worship. Look here, we gather, pay attention to this one, we gather to learn about Christ. Right? We gather, are you with me guys? We gather to learn about Christ. That's why we come to church, Tony. Right? We gather to learn about Jesus, how we're to become like Jesus, how we follow Jesus, what his plan is for our life. So we go to church to worship God, and I'm going to talk about these individually in the weeks to come. We go to church to learn of Christ, and we go to church, number three, to serve the Lord. Right? We, we, we join, we come to this local assembly to use our spiritual gift, and we all have one, Right? God's gifted us, and we use those spiritual gifts to serve Him. And the way we serve Him is in this local assembly. We serve each other. We teach, or we sing, or we greet, or whatever it might be, you know? And then finally, we gather for fellowship. For fellowship. Why? Because there's commonality here. I don't expect to sit down and have coffee with, with James uh, or Mike and, and have them tell me an off-colored joke. I don't expect them to use foul language. I don't expect them to use the Lord's name in vain. I don't expect them to criticize our church. I don't expect them. Are you with me? Why? Because we're brothers in the, in the Lord, and we're sitting down for fellowship, and part of fellowship is having things in common. That's what you get at church. Are you with me? There's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Pay attention right Why do you go to church? Why do you go to church? Nah, it's brought up that way, Pastor. And, you know? I'm afraid of God. I'm afraid if I don't, God won't. Hello? No, we ought to go to church to worship. To worship God. And to learn the Bible. Learn of Christ. Learn about Jesus. To serve him. Right? To serve him. You ought to get active. You ought to participate. You ought to use your spiritual gift. Everybody can do something. We go to church of fellowship. We, you know, we, right? You're not going to be best friends with everybody, but you're going to connect with somebody if you're looking to connect. Look here, if you leave out of a church or any assembly of individuals and say, boy, I tell you what, they're, no, no, they're so unfriendly, it's probably because you weren't friendly. Huh? Look here, you, you're not going to make friends if you come in late and leave early. You're not going to find fellowship if all you do is come to a church service and leave out. Never come to a small group. Never come to an activity. Never involve yourself. You just won't. It's not going to happen because some of these people are as shy as you are. And you don't come in with a, with a label saying, looking for fellowship. Huh? I'm 42. 
I like sports, love the Bible, I never gossip. Anybody like that here? No, you don't do that. Right? If we did, we come and we lie about our age. I'm 34. <laughs> right? Never gossip. <laughs> no, we don't do that. But if you exert yourself a little bit, you find great fellowship, church. Amen? Amen? Just find great fellowship. So here's, here's the truth in a nutshell. I trust the church that you attend. Now, I know you're here this morning, but you may not attend here. I, I can't see everybody's in this room. You may go somewhere else. Maybe you happened upon this place today. But I trust that the church that you attend affords you these opportunities. Huh? I, I, I want to go to a church where I worship God. And I learn of Christ and have opportunity to serve Him. And I find somebody that I can be in fellowship with. Right? So, you would want to go to a church that affords you these opportunities. And my desire as the pastor of OB is to make sure we are a healthy church that affords people who attend here these opportunities. I don't want people to come into those back doors and get bogged down with rules and regulations. Oh, you can't come in without this certain clothing on. Sir, sorry, sir, you got to have a shirt and tie. Sorry, lady, you got to have a beautiful dress. And I don't want to pastor a church like that. I want people to come in and feel comfortable. Come in as you are. Isn't that how you got saved? Jesus said, just come as you are. Right? Hey, look, I pastored in Florida for, for, uh, for a few years. When you'd say, come as you are, you never know how they were coming. Huh? Sometimes they were coming from the beach or getting ready to go to the beach, and they came with beach clothes on, you know? And you got to be careful in certain places when you say, come as you are. I'm not too concerned up here this time of the year when I say, come as you are. I, you're going to have something on. Hmm? <laughs> right? Well, we don't want people to walk in the back door and get... And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and maybe, maybe, maybe you got a, a different kind of translation or version of the Bible and the person sitting next to you happens to see it and says, we don't use that version here. And it takes that Bible from you and gives you a King James. God forbid if that would be our attitude here. God forbid if we should ever do that to somebody and make them feel uncomfortable. No, I don't want to pastor a church like that, Steve. That's not healthy. And I don't want to use the pulpit or whatever you want to call this thing here uh, as a whipping post to, to control you. That's not what a pastor's supposed to do. Churches aren't supposed to control people. You're not paying attention to me, but I'm trying to help you. We're not trying to, I'm not trying to control you. Look here, your God, your God is my God. You answer to him, not me. Hey, look here, I found that a long time ago. I can't be God. I don't have the credentials. I don't have the patience. And I don't have the ability to judge you like I would want to. If I ever got, zap you, man. Donald, wait. You whited sepulcher, you. <laughs> Look here, if I can't beat you up, I don't want to be God. I'd rather him do it. Right? So you don't want to go to a church like that, and I don't want to pastor a church like that. I want open Bible to be healthy. I want you to come in and feel it's a place where you can worship and learn and serve and fellowship and grow. Isn't that what we want? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what we want. And so that's why this year our focus is on the hometown, our, our family, strengthening our families and strengthening our church and strengthening our outreach into the community, right? Yeah, Brother Tyler's talking about outdoorsman night. It's for the community. Last year we had 350, what did we have last year? About 350 people, and most of them are from the community. Isn't that awesome? Man, they came in, and we had fellowship with them, had a great time with them. We fed them, and had a great event, heard the gospel. People got saved. Whoo, man, that's awesome. And so all I have to do is pick up one of them cards and buy a little gift to bring people in, to be a part of it. I want to be a part of that. That's outrage. Amen? Now, listen to what I, I got to say, and I'm done. Our family, our church, our community... If that's our focus, they complement each other. Amen. Because as our families get stronger, our church will get stronger. And as our church gets stronger, our outreach into the community will be stronger. So they complement each other. Right? Hometown focus. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.